and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and discuss it in depth. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about a new album from Future Islands titled As Long As You Are, and it starts out with a song called Glada. Island's sixth album after their fourth album, Singles, which was kind of the breakout where they um, got signed up 480 Records and they got a lot more promotion. This was in 2014. And that was when we first became aware of them because we saw them at South by Southwest and they, I, I thought it was a really amazing performance. You thought you, you thought it was very weird, but the, the singer, Sam Herring, is just very emotive and very passionate and he dances around a lot and it's really something yeah something is right i think it was more they were trying to do an amazing performance after doing that same like that same level of energy nonstop for several days and it was clearly wearing on them but they were still going for it and that i gotta respect and it was a hell of a show just it was also it was both amazing and a train wreck at the same time and that i think sums up that sort of contrast and that like that feeling of i can't put a pin in this of exactly what this band is really pervades this album where you know how i feel about this band they're so poppy and so strange and i think that coming in with this first track where they made their name on these up-tempo passionate but pretty up-tempo songs and we start here pretty slow and he puts his voice into this very 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 low register and it feels kind of ominous and spooky. And it's very much a, this very synthetic sounding band. So driven by the, what's like a drums, bass and synthesizer. So all of the melodies are handled electronically and that it's a song seemingly about disconnecting from that world. And, and it's all about the birds and 
the blueberries and the different plants that he might see when he's visiting. I guess he has a girlfriend in Sweden. He lives and, in Sweden. Yeah, he lives there full time. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. Uh, and that I, I think it's a nice like stepping away from performance and you know it's like oh, a lot of these things matter you only get to enjoy them if you're a star if you have a crown you're some sort of special person and it's like no we all get to enjoy being in this world and i think it could not have been planned as it but it's such a good like as we're now kind of disconnected from all the excitement of live performance and other such things but we can enjoy going for a hike out in nature yeah and this was an intentional change in tone you know herring has said in interviews that after singles really kind of blew up as an album and they they were on letterman which has kind of put them on a lot of people's radar too and then they just started touring a bunch and that was a very kind of upbeat dancey album and then they put out the the record after that a far field that was their fifth record and they felt like they had to artificially kind of keep up that energy and have it all be like dancey and upbeat even though if it didn't really match the um emotions of the band at that time and so this they've characterized this as kind of a reset of like this is really like the sound that we're about and that we're trying to make and we're not trying to make dance bangers this is intended to be like more thoughtful and more emotive yeah it's a it's a very contemplative track and i think it has a nice kind of narrative arc where it starts off with kind of these goose sounds and you hear a little of that in the second we played of these kind of honking in the background but then by the end it has much more kind of high chirping birds and his voice starts really low and i think it gets appreciably higher over the course of the song and then it starts with this very strange kind of pentatonic descending scale and then that fades away which i think is good it's a little much uh, as a sort of the sort of cliched exoticism and so i was I'm, it was a little problematic and then to see that go away and just leave this really sweetness and those choruses are so emotional and earnest and it's a really you know unexpected but perfect beginning for the album and then the second song takes us more into that upbeat dance the sound that we might be used to from future islands and it's called for sure of this band and you kind of have to be on board is that they are not very subtle or they're not hiding their intentions it's Mm -hmm. an earnest band and in an interview 
Sam Herring might say, this song is about love and trust. And then there's lyrics in the song saying, when you say us, it ma- you make me trust. It's very straightforward. And it's, he's not, he's not beating around the bush. This is a love song and it's very sweet, but it's, it is not subtle. <laughs> and it's also the, the musicianship is not subtle. This is kind of full force, full force 80s throwback that is their signature sound that's kind of this poppy bass and a reverie guitar sound and these synths that are very um i don't know how you describe that quality that um that very 80s synth sound yeah it's very boom boom it has a lot of bounce to it along with the very high synths or maybe you're thinking of that's what i meant yeah Yeah. uh yeah where i think you're trying to capture a string sound without trying to sound like actual strings yeah and i don't remember what you call that setting but there's a way to describe it it's failing me anyway it's just they're they're not hiding the ball with this they're not cynical it's just a really positive kind of dancey upbeat song that coming out of the one the first song glada that was more down downbeat more contemplative this is like okay we're still we're still gonna have some like dance hits on here yeah, and this was the first single before they'd announced the album. And I think it's it was kind of fun. Like, hey, it's more of that stuff you love. And then the album shows up and the first track is, oh, this other. Well, so and there actually, was yeah, and some of the other single. Singles. And then the second single was the penultimate track called Thrill, which is, all, which is super minimalist and yeah. very serious subject matter and very kind of quiet. So, yeah, so that was an intentional way to set up like, this is what you're going to get. Yeah, so it's a, a fun, fun track and but maybe not as deep. And I think as much, I like though that this album, they're combining the, hey, this is the fun dance, earnest, I love you tracks with the dark contemplating, you know, the subtleties of the world. And I appreciate that they're able to, they at least have two gears. Yeah, I mean, I think we've done a lot of albums on the podcast recently that are about either about thinking about or an escape from the dark times that we live in right now. And this is a, an album that could have been written before the pandemic. I'm not really sure, but it doesn't, it does, it kind of transports you away from the moment we are and makes you envision a world where we're all just kind of hanging out together on the seaside or at a live show where we first, first saw future islands where everybody's dancing. And it, it, it takes me away from the present moment, which is very nice. Yeah, I think it, I hope it, it, I don't think it's escapist. I think it just lets us imagine something a little better, a little Mm -hmm. sweeter and, and at least, but not sickly sweet, not saccharin. There's a, there's a blend of flavors here. And so we'll get into some different pop styles on the next track. Which is bringing us a little bit more into reality. That's called Born in a War.
only song that's really explicitly political and Herring has said in interviews that, you know, he and two of the other band members are from a place in North Carolina where just there's a lot of gun violence and a lot of this attitude that showing any kind of sensitivity is a weakness. And for a band that is so much about emotion and not hiding your emotion, I think it's a, it's a relevant point to make. Yeah, it is, I think, really trying I think it's it's a fundamentally empathic song of trying to understand other people like and I think trying to inspire like hey you can be more open you don't have to give in to this toxic masculinity and there really is that sense I think in that first chorus that we play this entire idea of like hey you are you know you were raised into this culture and and you know born to an insensitive fool that like your parents steep you in this culture but you can transcend it and yet you're just you're scared and you end up giving into this idea that any show of emotional openness is weakness mm-hmm. and go get your guns yeah and it's 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 really sad and i and i i think it's impressive to do such a poppy song about such a kind of bummer of a topic it's poppy but if you compare it to for sure musically they both have those the really kind of bouncy baseline that is very catchy but this song has such a darker minor key feel to it as compared to For Sure, which is so so much more kind of upbeat and positive and major key. And it's interesting to that they put these songs together in a way that highlights that contrast. Yeah, about the yeah, love and love and war, love and violence. And I do like the structure of this track where it starts off, I think, in a very relatively clean. I love that the bassist really can shine and William Cashin, mm-hmm. how he's as you said bouncy and really taking the melodic lead on this track and then as the song progresses the synths really get layered on and then it kind of breaks apart into this really lengthy bridge where they're kind of recapitulating some of the s- lyrics about gum- gun culture as backing vocals so he's kind of talking about trying to figure things out and then you hear these voices in the background it's like no guns guns you gotta have your shotgun mm-hmm. and it's really kind of draws you in and spooky is the word for it and but it is it's never not super listenable and then just ends with tacking on bloody hell as the final lyric (laughs) i didn't notice that yeah so when he recapitulates the the second verse he just says shotgun shells under every roof bloody hell and it's true it's it it is a little hopeless no matter how much you try to understand the situation is what it is and it's it's pretty rough so the next song we'll play is called City's Face. The city I'm sick and tired am I The one that I forgot to love I'm losing Filled with paranoia inside Trust left with the loss of my pride I say so long It's so strange how a person can change a city's face A person can change, a person can change a city's face In the strangers I came to know
This is obviously a real downer of a song, and I think it's, uh, I feel like it's a first time that I've really seen a song explore this idea of how, you know, a relationship that can go bad can have kind of collateral damage of the things you associate with that person being also sort of tainted. Mm -hmm. And in this case, how tragic it is that an entire city, maybe the city where you live, is suddenly you can't imagine being there because that's where she is. And it's so sad and it's really just a slow, weird song. And also, I think he's said that this is the same person that the song Seasons, that big hit from singles, was about who apparently hurt him pretty bad. And it's like, oh, I don't, he's so open and earnest and I don't want bad things to happen to him. <laughs> the the muse, the musicianship on this song too, it's so subtle and minimalist and it's so effective in being included on this record with all of these big bombastic kind of maximalist 80s sounding synthy songs that it's just it's still very synthy but it's very stripped back and quieter yeah and it really lets you appreciate the range of his voice he has such an interesting expressive voice yeah there are these moments of almost silence where these single kind of twangy synths gradually echo in and yet I feel like also there was, I think there was some actual guitar on this one mm-hmm. too in the mix. I have trouble it, telling what's guitar and what's a, th- a synth that's made, made to sound like a guitar. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really yeah, matter. They, but but I, yeah, I feel like they nailed a more kind of organic guitar mm-hmm. tone on this one in a way that makes it feel a little more personal. Mm-hmm. A lo- it just fe- it feels, it's very echoey, mm-hmm. but I feel like the, the production is still feels more stripped down along aside from that echoiness. <laughs> I feel like all of their music, the, the overall sound of it is organic because of his voice and his voice is so real and not, it, it feels very organic that even with all of the synthetic yeah. instruments, it it balances it out well. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a really versatile voice and you, it's sort of interesting to imagine what the different, like he could have gone out and done different kinds of music and it's. Mm-hmm. I think a thought experiment of like, well, what this crazy, really earthy voice mm-hmm. in different kind of genres. Earthy, that's a good. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, but it's so perfect here because it, yeah, it serves to ground what would otherwise maybe be a little floating off and feeling unreal. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I compare it to kind of like some of the later Animal Collective records where they are. It's such an organic sound made entirely with synthetic instruments. Or Bjork too is someone who does that, and you try to imagine just this backing these backing musicians the rest of the band with someone else's vocals and how different that would come across no it's he's a special talent and someone who is so you know seems unafraid like he's Mm -hmm. so emotionally open and he's able to be when he's in love he's so pure and out upfront about it and when he's angry and sad he's so upfront about it which is why i think this next track is really i think kind of puzzling for me but also kind of a a nice part getting real sense of him and it's called plastic beach spend a lifetime in the mirror always afraid of what someone else would say 
wanted to be strong So it took some time to tell you But you knew from the things I'd say Why do you say that, babe? You're my beautiful You're my heart sings with such abandon who dances like no one's watching and yeah go find that letterman video it's very entertaining and it is the openness here to acknowledge that it took a lot of work i guess to get to that stage because he's here singing about having kind of shame in, in his own appearance and really feeling ridiculous and how it he needed other people to help him learn to love himself and that he's not, he's not macho about it. He's just like, yeah, I, I really doubted myself and I thank you to the people in my life who love me to help me, you know, accept myself and realize I love that the you know, lyric of like, yeah. And the first bit he's looking in the mirror, just like, oh, I'm afraid of what other people are going to say about how I look. And then we hear that same bit. And I love this structurally where we hear it as the verse and it's very contemplative. And then structurally, the song is going into the second verse, but it keeps that same incredible energy from the chorus as he then goes back to looking in the mirror and it's like, oh, but it's what I see there is my family. I see my parents and my brother there. How could that be bad? And it's like so earnest, so sweet. And turning that insecurity and turning that shame and turning it into something positive and something very, very danceable. <laughs> yeah. The way that the uh, instrumentation kind of starts out very quiet and then the intensity of the drumming really revs up and goes into the chorus. And then as you say, it keeps going through the verse and then where we faded out in that little, little snippet that we played, it's just, then it ramps down and then it goes into the next part. Yeah. But it's it. nice. There's like the, as the song goes on the sort of the shame and the doubt becomes less and less and the love and the self self-acceptance become more and more mm -hmm. and I, I should be a cynical person but this this band has a way of breaking through the cynicism it, the earnestness is really uh you know we wish the world could be more like this and speaking of earnestness the i mentioned before the penultimate track was which will play next is called Thrill and it was one of the singles intentionally because they wanted to sort of let their fans know that this is not going to be another you know dance dancey upbeat is the the album was not going to be entirely full of dancey upbeat songs and this one is very stripped down and if you look at the video it's just a close up of like his face singing which i think goes well with the music so we'll play that next 
imagery on this record of the sea and water and the image on the cover is this house that's sitting kind of in the middle of a lake or fjord looking body of water and that struck me as odd because I think of them as a Baltimore band which I mean I guess there's water nearby quite a lot of water yeah (laughs) as a west coaster we don't count that water um but (laughs) but it's it makes sense to doing the research for this record that he's spending an increasing amount of time living in Sweden where his girlfriend lives and it's a coastal, beautiful area. And so you can see how that imagery worked its way into a lot of the record here. Yeah. But uh, the imagery here is very much tied to a narrative of the South uh, setting, I guess in green Greenville, North Carolina, they said they went to college and apparently some of them got a little out of control, maybe drinking a little too heavily, maybe getting a little too into drugs. And this is fundamentally a very dark song about struggling through that time. And uh, and I think it's such a wonderfully ironic title, Thrill. And this is clearly the point at which the thrill is long past and it's just the going through the motions and your friends have kind of, or maybe not wanting to hang out with you anymore. And it's fundamentally hopeful because we know they've gotten past it and have become a successful and prolific band but this moment is a real low moment and it's it's hard to hard to look at and it displays the range that we see on this record i think when we heard far field it was you know one of the records that i considered doing for the podcast and i was like i don't know it feels too samey to me it and it didn't have the emotional variations that this record has and it's so it's so great to see them kind of come back to something that is a better quality, I think, than the last record. Yeah, I think they're they're really swinging for the fences. I don't know that every single song is 100% successful, but there's so much variety, so many ideas, and the musicianship is consistently really high. And, I mean, this song starts off, again, relatively quiet, builds up the energy, and then ends with almost like a gospel choir vibe of this call and response. And I think it's a really appropriate way to come into the end of this 
album is very hopeful and uh, some spirituality of, that you need in those dark times. And the last song that we'll play as we go out is called Hit the Coast. And it has such an expansiveness. So it kind of continues the end of that song to just be sound very hopeful and just really opens up and sounds almost psychedelic. And it's such a great jumping off point for the end of the album. And, you know, it just makes me want to start over and listen again from the beginning. So we'll go out with that. It's called Hit the Coast, and you've been listening to For the Record. We've been discussing the new Future Islands album called As Long As You Are. Thanks so much for listening. member of the bff.fm podcast network learn more at podcasts.bff.fm bff.fm best frequencies forever